0: My name is Dustin Parsons, and this is Harvest. The wheat is planted in the winter, in the spring, in the hard ground, in the cover, in the continuously tilled and turned field, in the stubble from the corn from last year, in the rows of chafe that remain like the prickly hairs on the chin denied the razor. The grain is planted by tractor, tucked in with a prow and a drop and a grating for cover. There is nitrogen. There is water. More than once, there are prayers. There is inflorescence. There is anthesis. Whole fields go green overnight. A cult of green. A germination exposed and exploding. There is sun and there is thunder. Irrigation and gravity fed and insurance for hail and wind and drought and flood. One in four years, there is hardy bushel, and there is too early to tell and too late to cut, the grain emerges, and there is milk development and dough development and the ripening and the rusting and the insect populations and the weed problems and more chemicals. There is the hard kernel and the drooping straw and the rustling in the breeze that gives away the time to cut and the feeling, the heads between finger and thumb and the way it falls apart on contact like a sepia-stained ghost." There is knee-high by the 4th of July and custom cutters and zirks to grease and headers to clean, combines to drive, grain bins to fill and grain trucks to haul and the rest in the fields until it is dry enough and cut and haul until it is too dark to see their way and sandwiches behind the wheel when the cutting starts and coffee, oh, too much coffee, even for kids hired on and there is a blind eye to driver's licenses or lack thereof. There is the sun always in the eyes and the heat of the July field rising up, the open windows of ancient pickup trucks with no air. There are old men, they wear long sleeves. There are young men, and they cut the sleeves off. The dirt rises from the combines, the grain dust too, and it leeches every inch of body and mouth and nose and ears, and they all know that the sleeves can't be returned. The grain carts to the trucks, to the roads, to the highways, the highways to the towns, to the -the out-of-the-way majesty of 20-bin grain elevators. There are the Texas houses, the auger lifts, the swirling mass of collected grain. There is the pit set flush with metal grate, where they find me with the shovel." The two high school girls working the scales and recording the weights in the long, green, and lined log books. And there is no go until they thumb up, and then there is the power takeoff, and the lifting of the bed and the release of the grain. In the night, there are dreams of grain falling unending, pushing out all other dreams. And the sound is a lullaby, a particular white noise, maybe... A golden noise, high-pitched, the bells of a child's toy from memory, the rattling of teeth and hands, the numbing of nerve endings, and this is a full day. There are not masks, so there are kerchiefs and torn shirts for makeshift aerators. There is the classmate, who is a fuck-up, not allowed to work his father's garage, and the older kid, the one who graduated a few years ago but hasn't left town, who will never leave town. They carry the shovels, too. They scrape the bins. They smoke outside the elevator entrances, dangerously close to the grain particles, the little remaining gift the grain has to offer that could combust but never does. The trucks line up, and there is music, and there are beers exchanged, and it is Fourth of July, and there is the work until farmers can no longer see. It almost never lands on Fourth of July, but here it is. And the trucks are a trickle, and there is the Texas house atop the bins and glass walls. So you take one of the girls upstairs, the concrete stairway that snakes around bin 12, the outside, narrow enough for only one at a time, and it winds around, and there is the exhaustion, but the beers and pockets. And after a time, the stairway, the dark, dark stairway, opens to the room with the windows and the catwalk that extends outside, and there is the open night and the view of the entire town, and the brief anxiety of just how high this grand elevator stands. There could be whole downtown buildings below. There could be 15 trucks stacked atop one another and not reach the top. And there are the cars cruising Maine, and the high school girl who only wants the beer, and the time to look out to see the sudden blossoms come and go. Later the older kid is convicted of rape, the other is killed on his motorcycle, and there is the realization that their fate wasn't so clear. There were the words, the thoughts to their families, the high schooler is married, the elevator bought and sold more than once. There were the streetlight highways and the dark estuaries that faded off into the night, and the crackling of a firework against the sky outlining the otherwise darkened streets. There were the Roman candles shot out of cars, the rapid pop of black cats, the submerged sound of an M-80 unleashed. There were rockets, flares, worms, sparklers, the darkness of such a small town, all its secrets under the light. It was its first job, and I thought they'd all be like that, thought they'd all end in such billows. Below, there were infinite grains, and above, the bursting pyrotechnics. The beer might be there, too, and the night and the next day, and the rain holding off, and the town receding after the final red explosion. As, as far as this essay goes, it was published in the Seneca Review, and um, it was John Degata who I got a note back from, and he's so awesome. He had given me so many incredibly kind, and I, I think maybe... Um, <laughs> merciful rejections before, um, and then when he took this one, um, Deborah Tall was still alive when when this when this essay got accepted. But I don't I think she had already passed when it was published. And um, I just admired that magazine so much. And when I saw it in there with all of these other just crazy beautiful essays, I was so excited. Um, and it was uh, really about the um, about the way. Western Kansas and probably other uh, farming communities transform in that two to three week period of harvest when uh, nothing is the way that it once was. Um, kids can drive and they put people like me in charge of enormous elevators and they um, the cops just don't even care about what goes on really You know, for about two weeks. Uh, and I don't know if it's still like that. I haven't been back for harvest in you know, 15, 20 years, but uh, that's, the, those were my memories of it, and when I was sitting down to write it, I never stopped. I I just typed and typed and typed, and I didn't have any punctuation in it at first, and I had to choose where that where it ended up, and I still think when I was reading it out loud, I still think I made the wrong choice in a couple places, Right? I was like I feel like, I should have just gotten rid of that period, and I should have, you know, I, I, it changes from year to year as I see it, so um, it was fun, it's always fun to read it, but I think it's also fun to like, go back and re-guess all of the choices I made. Um, I, I don't regret any of the words, but a lot of the ways that grammar kind of insinuates itself into the essay are really baffling to me. And I, and I love I love revisiting that. Um, I'm never going to do anything about it, but I love revisiting it. I, I really do love seeing it. I've never really had anybody ask me why you do it. <laughs> you know, Why do you write a lyric essay? Why is a lyric essay Better than a traditional essay. Why is it? And and there's a part of me that really wishes somebody would ask, and another part of me that's really grateful no one has because I think I've got a good answer, but I don't know whether if it is. Um, so I think the the lyric essay is is necessary largely because experience isn't codified in really clean, clear logic. I mean um, that the 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 harvest essay um, to me. I could never just see my small part of that job, and I could never scientifically explain, and I think it would be boring if I did, uh, the process, but when I think back on what was happening and how close I was to these two guys who ended up being, one of them ended up being a rapist, and the other one just so casual with his life that he was killed in a motorcycle accident on the highway doing something really stupid. I, um, I, I think that there isn't a rational way of experiencing it. And there wasn't a rational way of me putting it on the page. And I, and I've always appreciated the lyric essay for that. It's flexibility, uh, the way that it kind of fits into crevices that we don't like to talk about sometimes. Um, it's, it's not fiction, but it poses as subjective experience. And that is a line for me that I'm, I really love being in. And and sometimes there's a great deal of failure that comes along with it too. So that's why I like it so much. That and also I just get to play with language like a poet, but I don't have to like worry about enjamming anything. That's the that actually that's the best part for me in some ways. And like my form isn't as important as the the way I get to kind of um, dangle words in front of the reader.